you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast is bringing in Tim Tebow for a workout. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you? Well, if you heard a little, little pop, a little pop in uh, Wessling's drawl just now, it's because... Vacation day for Ooh. big guy. Hello. Senioritis. Major case of senioritis. Senioritis. West leaving for Tybee Island. Phoning it in all day. <laughs> hey, hey, Dan. His, uh, his liver may never be the same. Wes, uh, tell us a little bit about your Tybee trip coming up. Well, my liver will be fine. It's been conditioned by Tybee, which is <laughs> the most self-indulgent place on earth as far as I know. All you have to do on Tybee is go to the beach Hang out at Huckapoo's and make fun of tourists. For new listeners, this is your old uh, place of residence for how many years? Seven years or so? About seven and a half years. Until the NFL media news group plucked you up. The long arm of Greg Rosenthal. West, West, uh, TD's queuing up the Chris Wessling uh, philosophical music. So (laughs) speak philosophically about Tybee, what it means. I, you know, I think... If you read Joseph Campbell, who, you know, speaking of philosophy, myth-making, no, different different guy, (laughs) you know, you you have to leave home to become a man. And that's when I became a man, I think. Growing up in Mm. Ohio, you know, you're stuck in this provincial town. You don't learn things on your own. You don't try things. You have to go away. And I went to Tybee, became a man. and uh, You became a man on the most self-indulgent spot (laughs) on planet Earth. (laughs) Well, I survived. I survived. I had no inkling that I might become a writer when I moved to Tybee. I was I had just started to deliver I I got a job with Pizza Hut delivering pizzas. I never actually delivered a pizza because I got bronchitis and Greg contacted me like that day asking if I wanted to work for Roto World. By framing yourself within the Joseph Campbell context, you've <laughs> essentially called yourself the centerpiece of the hero's journey. Aren't we all in our own <laughs> Yes. 
but yeah. that's that's what's happening here. Well, I believe it was a hero's right. journey. <laughs> getting deep, rescue, I, rescue. I, the, no, I love it. This rescue the situation here. What what I are would, your thoughts right now? It would be great to actually have a spin-off podcast, Wes and Sess Talk Philosophy. I like it. <laughs> when you listen High to that. download numbers. I would listen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would get downloads, Dan. Maybe. I'm saying high download numbers. I think it would. I was being dead serious. Well, not really. Not really. Uh, big show coming up today. We got a big one. Uh, not a lot of news. It has slowed down, obviously, in terms of uh, what's happening in the NFL post-owners meetings, post-combine, pre-draft. However, that doesn't mean we don't have a lot to talk about. We're going to get into uh, so a nice piece that Chris Wessling wrote up, and I did read it, Greg, uh, about top NFL records that can go down this season. NFL records high you know, t- the type of records that people talk about. Wes laid out a bunch of uh, players who have a chance to break some big-time records, and then the rest of us, Mark, Greg, and myself, will, you know, throw in a couple of our own, maybe, <laughs> if anybody thought of any. Um, so we'll get into that, and, uh, you know, whatever else tickles our fancy, you know, some jibber-jabber, basically, on a, a slow news day in the NFL. Well, lots of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. And uh, TD, behind the glass, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? I got to say, my favorite part of the show now is Greg's reaction once I play the money drop at the top. Because mm. Greg gives like this one-second facial review of what he thinks about it. Well, Today I, was like a little head nod to Mark, who acknowledged. I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's all right. No, nah, that wasn't a, nah, it was an okay one. Yeah. The solid. money drop is also about when you check out. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, 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 the money tag is my favorite part of the show. It's, I think, you know, our. You look forward to it. Yes. Yeah, I look forward it's to it. Signature. Yeah, it's just a nice, strong. It changes every time. So it's funny because I wait for my cue to start the intro of the show. So I never, very, very rarely does it even like pop in my head what it was. I don't even know what it was today. What was it? Does it, anybody know? It said we're gonna have Tim Tebow in for a workout. Oh, well, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> TD, let's uh, let's do some news. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Sean behind the glass. That was his masterwork. Is that correct? Well, Sean just really liked it. You know, it was the yeah. Belichick snort move. That the he, the Belichick passive aggressive phlegm move. Flembo, I call him. <laughs> Basically, you know, lifting his leg up on the reporters. That's his move right there. <laughs> That's offensive. That's your hero, Greg, by the way. He's a genius. Um, all right. So he let's. has a lot of uh, nasal problems <laughs> fair enough let's get into some news we'll start with a player Rolando McLean who actually visited he, he made a visit to the throne of ease and you would think once you walk into the the castle you don't leave but he did leave without a contract and he ended up going back and ending up with his old team uh, who is now his current team again Rolando McLean and the Cowboys have reached a one-year contract worth three million in base salary and another one million in playing Playtime incentives, according to NFL media's Albert Breer. Uh, this went down on Wednesday. The former first-round linebacker, uh, as I said, visited the Patriots but decided to stay in Dallas. Uh, this is McLean, Mark Sessler, coming off a, a year where he bounced back and, and got his career back on track, and now he's got a one-year deal. Not a lot of security, but up to $4 million. Not bad for a guy that was a washout. Yeah, I mean, I know the Patriots were in the mix, but I guess if you're McLean or if you're his agent, you want to have him go back to the only place that's worked, and that mm. was Dallas. I think Dallas probably they want him back because they can put him in the middle, move Sean Lee over, get him out of 
drop Sean Lee back more and not have him as injury prone. But McLean, you know, in the article, we talked about he's had two failed retirements. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you, you can get him retire. on the field and get him to work anywhere. I wouldn't go change it up and start over somewhere else. I thought the Cowboys were going to have a worse linebacker core a couple of weeks ago. You know, they had lost Justin Durant. It looked like McLean wasn't coming back. Bruce Carter's gone. Bruce Carter's gone, and now they haven't upgraded. I mean, if Sean Lee can stay healthy, you've got McLean and Anthony Hitchens, who as a rookie last year was really strong against the run. He probably got more money from the Cowboys, has a little bit of incentives. And there's a logical starting job with Dallas. There wasn't with New England if everyone was healthy. If Gerard Mayo's healthy, Dante Hightower's healthy, I think McLean would have just been a backup. So who needs him? Jerk. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> just kidding. The, uh, moving on, the Baltimore Ravens have uh, added another quarterback. His name noted around the NFL punching bag, Matt Schaub, who signs a one-year <laughs> deal. Worth $3 million, he uh, most likely, unless he gets beat out in camp again, which is happens a lot with Matt Schaub, let's face it, uh, will be the backup to Joe Flacco this season, giving the, giving the team a veteran option. Behind their Ironman quarterback, Flacco has never missed, missed a start since entering the league uh, regular season mm-hmm. and playoffs. So uh, if you want to, this is one of the cushiest gigs in the NFL, potentially, sliding in as a veteran backup, making nice nice little bank as the backup to Joe Flacco, Chris Wesley. Yeah, I think there's a major difference between what the Raiders did last year, trading for him, giving him $8 million guaranteed up front, proclaiming him a guy who can lead us to the playoffs, and calling him a guy on par with Phillip Rivers and Peyton Manning. And then the Ravens just say, oh, we're going to sit him on the bench behind a guy who never misses a game. By the way, the guy that was responsible for all that buildup, Still employed as a general manager for that. Well, there are certain people in this room who think he's a good general manager. That's not true at all. Reggie McKenzie. I just like you know poking you in the ribs by pointing out Reggie McKenzie. The rib pokage. He had a good draft (laughs) last year. If uh, if John Schneider or someone else drafted had those two picks and got Mack and Carr, we'd be singing their praises. John Schneider wouldn't have Khalil Mack because he doesn't finish with a 2-14 well, record he, or whatever. He did his, they didn't have a good record the first couple seasons. Uh-oh. Well, John Schneider doesn't have to go out and cut the entire free agency class that he overpaid last <laughs> spring. That's so, fair. No more Antonio Smith. Another one gone. Yeah. That last He's doing year, a great job. Last year, Maurice Jones-Drew said Matt Schaub can lead us to the Super Bowl. And a month later, Lamar Woodley said, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to the playoffs. All three of the people involved in that sentence <laughs> have been cut a year after they were signed. Fine backup, though. Why not well, for the Ravens? Mark wrote a, wrote a piece on the Around the NFL site today. Great, great piece. Tremendous, in fact. Uh, he spoke. Uh, he wrote about Matt Schaub explaining, hey, haters. TD, was that accurate? Hey, haters. That was okay. Okay. That was disappointing. Uh, I hate for everyone. Okay. Uh, this is what he had to say to the haters. I had a rough year. I learned from it. I've got a lot of football left in me. Oh, it's the Wait, same. is he referring to last year or the year before? Well, right. they actually weren't clear about that in the piece, but he could ask. <laughs> he could talk to either. He only threw 10 passes last year, and two of them were picks. The year before, he set an NFL record for pick sixes in four straight games. I mean, this is the time of year where it gets sketchy writing these articles because <laughs> you've got – John Harbaugh coming out and saying what a great fit he's going to be. And you've got Matt Schaub saying, I've got a lot left to me. And we have to wait basically five months to make it all not true, which it isn't true. And last offseason, we heard the Raiders calling Matt Schaub 
right up there with Philip oh, Rivers he's and Peyton a, Manning. It's he's nonsense. A backup. I would take him over ten backups that could come Sessler, up. Really? I like Sessler. Really? I like Sessler. I would. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. I mean, Maybe what I have you can... seen on film in the last two years that would lead you to say that? Nothing in particular. By the way, I'm just going to step in right now. <laughs> this is for maybe the first time this ever happened. I'm just going to throw out a news item. Just, okay. And just throw it to you guys out of nowhere. We okay. haven't even talked about I'm not about comfortable this. with this, but go on. We're not exactly college football experts, but I feel like we should discuss Jameis Winston had his pro day this week. Coming out of it, Mike Mayock said he's not sure if Jameis Winston is going to be you know, the number one pick. He's not there yet. A lot of discouragement about this Jameis Winston pro day. Dan's making a face. Wes doesn't like pro days at all. He just ranted about it yesterday. He had to listen to music just to avoid the pro day. <laughs> what do we think? Well, this is what I think. Anybody that knows college football, which is not really this room, uh, <laughs> myself included, obviously, but they tell you that if you really want to get a, get a guy right in the draft, don't worry about the pro day or the combine so much. Look at the tapes. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater last year is the ultimate example, uh, the guy that had such a bad pro day, he almost fell out of the first round, and now a lot of people, uh, including Greg, it's his boy straight up, Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm not, am I going to get worked up about a stupid pro day? Who cares? If only we had – I care as much as a Matt Schaub signing. <laughs> if only we, yeah, same if level. Only we had yeah. 30 games of tape to just grade Jameis Winston on, Instead of what he did against no defense, and throwing brooms. against air and brooms. Well, and the other issue with the pro day, and the people were freaking out about this yesterday. Don't you're in your home place. You're with all your your people. It should be an absolute home run. Just make it as simple as possible to make these guys look good. And they put him through a hundred plus throws. It was an outrageous workout. He was sweating like a crazy man. <laughs> what you didn't help him? Brooms, things being thrown at him. I would say the last two days of Twitter between the Pro Day and April Fool's shenanigans have been the two worst back-to-back Twitter days in a long time. Well, now I you really can just, check out on a fortnight-long bender. Yeah. I really just brought this up because I kind of wanted to hear Wes rant about <laughs> Pro Days in general. I <laughs> thought that'd be good on the podcast. You know what? I can see timing guys in the 40 or whatever at a Pro Day, but a quarterback's Pro Day, didn't we learn from the mistakes of last year? Everybody's got to pipe down on April Fool's Day, by the way. You know, it's something that it ends up usually just singling out someone for ridicule and then everyone laughing at them. And, uh, you know, I'm not. Hence the fool. You know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I have a history of playing the fool on this day, but I I don't like it. That's where I stand. What do you mean? What don't you like? You don't like anyone doing these. these, Like Greg Jennings said he was going to sign with the team. And even though we thought it was probably an April Fool's, we did have to monitor his Twitter account just to make sure. I remember when we were kids and people used to play tricks on each other like pranks. Now it's like April Liars Day. Ooh. Wish you weren't a liar. Yeah, well, everyone's like, oh, I just lied about something. That's a good trick. But no, it's not. Sometimes things, magical things happen on April Fool's Day. Like Dan uh, created his own video today <laughs> of a fellow NFL uh, employee, social media guru, Dwayne Munn, trying to put out a helmet unsuccessfully. He couldn't, he couldn't get his helmet off. Is that what, is, what is the name of the video? People should watch this. Uh, Mo Money, More Problems, his last name, M-U-N-N. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out. Um, yeah, and Greg Jennings, by the way, I – my first instinct is to bury him because it's like, Greg, stop propping yourself up as you know a key figure in the NFL in 2015. But I guess he was just having some fun. I don't want to get too heavy on the guy. Yeah, but it's another example that if anything got worse because of Twitter, it was April Fool's Day because you know Greg's up at midnight monitoring <laughs> Greg Jennings' Twitter feed. There are better things to do with one's life. Greg, you, you okay if I move on with the script? Yeah, there? that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I enjoyed that. We got that's to April fun. Fool's. It was, great. it was perfect. Good, good bit. 
Uh, moving on, Kurt Warner is a NFL media analyst, but you may know him also as a former league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. He is one of one of a um, cadre. Is that a good Ooh, way? Oh, nice. This is a good way to pronounce it. A little it. militarized, but I like the that. exact way to pronounce it. Uh, of QB gurus that have been working with Colin Kaepernick uh, during the offseason, attempting to get the quarterback to find some consistency in his game after an offseason. Warner on NFL Network on Wednesday explained where he's at uh, with Kaepernick after they're, I guess they're done training now. Basically, uh, the gist of it was they need to figure out a way, or Colin Kaepernick needs to figure out a way to balance his athleticism and being a quarterback. And the the interesting thing I took out of it was Warner saying, when I was a player, I wasn't an athlete, so I was just worried about being a quarterback. Kaepernick needs to find that balance of being a, a athlete and a quarterback. And in a little Kaepernick news, his uh, 2015 salary became fully guaranteed on Wednesday, so he's locked in for $12 million this year. Uh, Wes, do you think... We're going to see a jump in Kaepernick's ability or numbers this year, and as a player, or we've already seen the best of Colin Kaepernick. I have no idea. Hmm. All right, we'll I be like... back on Monday with another. Sh- oh, go ahead. I like this analysis better when I wrote it last November. Kurt Warner says the same thing I wrote. We both worked in grocery stores. Football minds. We both Kurt gave Warner, the same Chris analysis. Wesley. The only difference is he's won a couple of Super Bowls and played in the NFL. Oh, I could be it. making scratch like Kurt Warner if I played football. To be fair to you, he only won one Super Bowl, so he's only one ahead of you. Well, All right. You still, got a chance. you still got a chance. Dan, <laughs> yeah. way to play with me like that, man. That was not fair. What? Get my hypes up. I thought the show was over. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> April Fools, guys. April Fools. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> Every day takes you one step closer to Brian Billick being chained to the studio doing the podcast for – 18 minutes looking at his watch the whole time. Coach it's coming back. Me. Coming back in three months. I do I do want to go back and look at Kaepernick this offseason. We, we got some time and watch. Mooch, Mooch with a taser in his back. <laughs> Bill looks straight up chained to the desk and, and TD loving it all because it's an 18-minute pod. Do they know your name? I know you work with them. Do they know your name? Well, pick you out boy, of a, at a grocery me. store where they recognize you? I saw Mooch a week ago talking about game changes. That's my boy, man. Well, Mooch is uh, recognized as one of the best guys uh, in terms of the on-camera talent behind the scenes. I don't, I don't know. But what about Billick? Billick's not going to recognize you. In a, oh come star. on, Brian, that's my boy, Brian. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> I, call him, I call him Mr. Coach. Mr. In Billick. Honesty, I call him Coach. Yeah. Nobody calls him Brian. <laughs> Brian. Mark, your thoughts on uh, Colin Kaepernick in 2015? I like the fact that he's, you know, that Warner's working with this offshoot collection of rebel signal callers, or as you said, cadre. Yes, cadre. Good for him, seeking out help, because the one problem I think he faces is an offensive coaching staff that, outside of losing Greg Roman and Jim Harbaugh, has no new faces to help him along or show him anything new. The 49ers needed to go out and get people to press him and push him and show him how to play the position from a different angle, and they didn't do that. I think we're going to do a series in July or so, kind of players under pressure, just for a week, not a big making-the-leap type of thing. But one of them's got to be Kaepernick. I want to go back and watch him. Maybe I'll maybe I'll write the Kaepernick one because I want to see what went wrong because his stats aren't really that much worse, but just my memory and my notes and everything from the year, it felt like he took a pretty big step back. I think their what line happened? was not what he played with the year before that either. I mean, that was part of it. He was it, one of the – I think he led the league or second in the league in sacks. But he exacerbated that yep. by what Kurt Warner talked about. He doesn't know whether to be a quarterback or an athlete. He doesn't know when to hang in there and go through his reads or not. Mark Sessler wrote a piece today. Mark is cranking away. I don't know what happened today. The guy's busy. 
the Dallas Cowboys have reached across the Atlantic for their next big find, according to Mark. Uh, the team has signed British player Efe Obada. Is that, pro- is that pronounced correctly, Mark? Uh, I think you spelled it correctly. I don't know how it's pronounced. Ifa I just learned of this individual Obada. roughly 15 Nigerian minutes name, ago. by the way. Nigerian name. All right, very good. After the defensive end, he appeared in five games for the London Warriors last year of the British American Football Association National Leagues. They got to shorten that mofo. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, this all according to NFLUK.com. And by the way, the UK, not just London, no. not England, no. and you know certainly uh, you know Scotland's involved and Wales and we Northern know. Ireland, and certainly not the place you brought up, Wes. Guernsey is not, not Guernsey, not in the mix. We, uh, I was corrected on that. Uh, so yeah, that's going on. So, you know, I figured we have a strong listenership in the UK. So if you know anything about F.A. Obada, all right, you're probably the pretty Bam- excited right now. Or, or if the Bamfinal. Or if you worked with him at the warehouse where he was a warehouse uh, Grace Foods foreman. outside of London, a warehouse stockman. Well, I had you do this piece, Mark, because I thought there were some similarities between you and F.A. Mm. You know, you so? both... <laughs> You know, traveling around. Nigerian. Love football, but kind of wandering through difficult jobs. And then the NFL comes calling with the big opportunity. You took advantage of it. Will Will Effe. Will yeah. he. I mean, that's right. My side of the story uh, has been successful. His to come. <laughs> and I'll continue to write about him. The odds are similar. <laughs> uh, moving forward. Uh, finally, Rob Gronkowski is continu- continuing uh, this is like everything that's happened since the Super Bowl is the pre-party for the summer of Gronk. So this is the pre-party going on. Uh, he was on Jim Rome, the Jim Rome show recently, uh, and Jim, who's still at it all these years later, is asking the t- Patriots tight end who is his dream spouse. Um, actually, the f- way the question was framed was if there was a, a woman <laughs> clad in a red swimsuit that would save you in the ocean – who would it be? And this is what Gronk had to say eloquently. Oh, uh, um, Margot Robbie. You know that lady off the Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. One. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that one. What, why that one? Uh, I watched the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and I was like, damn. <laughs> Man's a genius. Also was asked about who his dream spouse would be. Uh, so, ladies, pay attention to this part. All right. You really want me to describe? Lay it out, bro. All right. Cleans, cooks, makes big cash, stays at home, lets me do whatever I want. All right. Does that seem, Mark, does that seem fair to, to look for someone that cleans, cooks, makes big cash, stays at home, and lets me do whatever I want? I like the idea of a woman making big cash because she should be paid anything we're paid to do the same job. How's that? Oh, well she's played staying there. home making cash. That's well, there's a lot of people that work from home. I mean, the idea sure. that someone would have to sit in an office chair every single day well, is antiquated. It reminded me of the spammers in each of our NFL.com articles. Like, my brother-in-law <laughs> makes $79 an hour uh, working from home. Maybe that's what he's looking for, that spammer. How great know. is it to be a gronk that you just say anything mildly funny, like Margot Roby as an answer to who would you like, and everyone just dies laughing <laughs> in an audience. Just big... Just well, like Greg, huge, what like if Greg tweeted that out just as his own opinion? He would be I would under be let, fire. I would be let out of the newsroom. That would be it. 
I could... found a flaw in Gronk's logic here. Okay. No. Surprising is that maybe <laughs> if she makes big cash, why does she also need to be cleaning? Couldn't yeah. you just hire a Yeah, that's not fair. And that's cooks. Not. I mean, you could hire well, a chef, you, too. I thought about that, too, to be honest with you. But if you read between the lines, I think, and this is not uncommon, I think he's looking for his mother, <laughs> uh, but also somehow his mother as an earner on some level. Uh, right, you know, a mother earner. Thing. A lot of, a lot of, and Wes, you you're not married yet. I don't imagine this is how you are, but a lot of single guys when they they when they're not married for a while, it's because they're trying to find a replacement for their dear old mum, and maybe that's where Gronk's at. No, I'm not married. Uh, I a lot of it goes back to the girl who engaged herself to me, <laughs> and that freaked me out about marriage for a while. So then I lived in sim for eight years, but you know, lived in sim. <laughs> so you're not looking for a mother earner. I don't think living I'd be a mother earner. Living in the mother, same house as another woman is the least of your sins you need to worry about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Touche. Um, all right, and that's what's happening. All right, so we talked about uh, at the top of the show, we're going to get into a piece from Wes. And <laughs> it is funny, whenever we pull up these articles, there's some NFL Now um, hit on top of it. It's very hard to look at. It's a shot of Wes, myself, and Colleen Wolf. Colleen Wolf. Um, obviously looking elegant and professional, Wes and I looking like Wes and I. I mean, I've seen us look worse, but it's not always easy to see, you know, the autoplay at the top of the page. Uh, I think you guys look good. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Um, all right, so let's get into it. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> Colleen's going to be on the show soon. She's going to be on next Monday. Colleen will be that. on Monday's show filling in for Chris Wasseling, who will be on Ty B doing Ty B things. We might have to call Ty B, by the way. Oh, it's a tradition. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so let's go through some of these uh, potential, um, you know, possibilities for records that can go down in the year 2015. Um, and Wes's list has, let's see, five, six, seven. seven, seven it's different records. Title. Okay, that could crash to the turf. And and the first one is the one I'm, I think, has the best chance of going down, and the one I hope, I hope, hope, hope it happens. Michael Strahan's 22 and a half sacks set. Mm. In 2001, uh, Wes predicts it to be J.J. Watt. I certainly can get behind that logic, and I just want it to happen because that record needs its dignity back after Brett Favre and Stray, uh, Strahan, uh, really, they colluded, and they, they said, let's take this record down. Brett Favre sliding at Strahan's feet in a meaning, meaningless game at the Meadowlands in 2001. So this record... Took it from a jet also, Mark Gastineau, which I don't like. This record needs its dignity back. J.J. Watt, give us 23 sacks. I like that one, Wes. Yeah, I would like to see J.J. Watt do it, if not for the recognition. You know, a few people here were griping that J.J. Watt got robbed of the MVP award. He he gets more acknowledgement if he breaks records as just how great he is. Well, you were against that, though. You you want you wanted Rodgers as MVP. Right. right. I think that Rodgers is the most valuable player in the NFL and has been for four years. I, I think this one will go down. That's a good pick. I, I think it could just as easily be Justin Houston that takes it down. He obviously, Why not Von Miller or Alden Smith Von or Miller, Robert Quinn? Von Miller was the other name that, that stuck out to me. I, I like the fact that they get to go against the Raiders twice a year, all those players. Hmm. Got to get a Raiders shot in every 15 minutes on this show. Well, I just – the last year, you know, Justin Houston, half his sacks were against Donald Penn and Khalif Barnes, you know, lining up on different sides. There's always someone weird that pops up in this category, though. Not that they're an untalented player, but someone will pop up with a giant number and Barwin. then fall off the next year. 
I well, no, I I think Watt is the hands down most logical pick, but it is strange to me that you go from Gastineau to Strahan, and it's been another fourteen years since someone's broken the. That's record. why, it, it, to me, of all the ones that uh, Wes has listed here, it's the one that's most likely to go down. I mean, Jared Allen almost broke it a couple of years back and almost went down last year. It's just a matter of time at this point. Yeah, especially with the more passes every year, the NFL breaks the record for the most passes in a season by all teams. But that's why Watt, it's amazing that Watt is even the most logical guy because he's not truly, like that's not the main, main he part of his job as an edge runner. He yeah. gets it done. but he And they'll have Clowney work. back potentially. Yeah. Could well, we don't know what we're going to get out of Clowney, but I was th- his name I, popped in my head as, like a dark horse to maybe one day break at the record, but we don't know if he's ever going to be the same guy again. We've heard some whispers uh, that haven't been too promising, but hopefully Clowney gets all the way back. Uh, all I know is you mess with me, you got problems. <laughs> That's all I know. Turn down for what? <laughs> back to back. I like that. Hadn't done that in a while. Had to get it in. Uh, well done. Peyton Manning uh, broke two major records in 2013. Passing yards, uh, 54-77, and touchdowns. He threw 55, uh, breaking, mm. I guess, Tom Brady had 50. And Tom Brady had broken uh, Peyton Manning's record, who he threw 48 in 2004. This is one of those records where you kind of know the numbers and, and the numbers translate in football. It doesn't always work out that way. 55 touchdowns. The passing yards, eh, to me, I don't get that excited about. Uh, but the touchdowns, I think West thinks Aaron Rodgers has a chance to get 55 touchdowns mm. or more. Um, West throws out Andrew Luck as the guy who can throw over 54, 77 yards. Greg, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, do you like either of these? I like both of them, unfortunately. I thought these made a lot of sense. I like to agree, disagree <laughs> oh. with West. Craig likes to hire people who don't like don't make sense in their own. Well, no, I, not so much that. as I, you know, It's good podcast material uh. and uh, – fun to go back and forth with the other scientists. But Rodgers, for the most touchdowns, I like that, that he's coming off a season where he's the MVP, but everything is still in place, so much continuity to just keep cranking it, go up and up. I think it's hard for both of these to fall. The one thing with that Broncos-Peyton Manning scenario that year, it was even going into the season, you could tell they had everything lined up for a monster year. My question with the Colts, Andrew Luck's the perfect guy to do it yardage-wise, but wait, you just got Frank Gore... And you've got Pep Hamilton, who probably truly wants a more balanced offense. They want to run the ball. Or is he going to be put in the best position? Sometimes it's not the best quarterback, but a bad offense that can't run the ball that has the most yardage, too. Yeah, it might not be good news for the Colts if Luck ends up throwing for 5,500 yards, is what you're saying, right? Well, I think, haven't we heard they want to seek a little bit more balance? Still, he's he's, he's capable of monster games. Yeah, I don't think that 32-year-old Frank Gore is running the ball 325 times. I'm no, bad. but it's better than the situation they had last year. It is better. I just I think they're still a pass first team. I my prediction and I think they're both good options. I think the Manning 2013 season is one that's going to stand for a long time. It's going to have the type of legs that Marino's 84 season had. I think hmm. uh, really? what Manning he, himself said right after he did it that I expect this to fall within a year or two. Mm. Yeah, and I I mean I think well he's being humble obviously too, but I think it's going to be very difficult if you I'm not Good at math. I've, I've said before I posted a 40 <laughs> on a state-mandated uh, test as a junior in high school. 40 out of 100? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Um, I feel you. 55 divided by 16. What is that? It's like three and a half touchdowns a game or something? Yeah, or, a little under that. That like that. Uh, that's, that's very hard to do. I, I just don't think it's going to go down. That was Greg's way time. of telling you, I am good at math. <laughs> no, he was right. He nailed it. I mean, it's like 
right? I don't know. I just yeah. guessed. Yeah, Sounds right it. to me. I think mostly, just under. If you want to be good at math, just guess a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's my th- feeling on it. Uh, I could be wrong, and you know, probably am. But uh, Calvin Johnson had 1,964 yards receiving in 2012. Uh, here, here was the least surprising one on the list. Wes says Odell Beckham. He's going nuts, and he's going to drop a 2K on us eventually. Wes, tell us why Odell Beckham is stands the best chance. Well, through his first nine starts ever in the NFL, he did things that no wide receiver has ever done in their entire career. Mm. He was His nine starts pro rate to 144 catches, 2,128 yards, and 16 touchdowns. And they started doubling, double teaming him by the end of the year, and his receiving totals would go up every week, even when they doubled him. Now, if Victor Cruz come back, comes back healthy, he'll lose a few targets. But you, if if he's uncoverable, which he proved to be even against Richard Sherman, you're still going to throw the ball to the guy. I think it's that's super logical, and it's an offense. I mean, Ben McAdoo, we know he likes to throw the ball, dating back to what he had with Green Bay. I'm going to throw another name out. Kyle Shanahan teamed up with Julio Jones mm, and a I less can... explosive Roddy White. I like the fit. We saw Andre Johnson blow up with Kyle Shanahan in years past. So just another guy out there who is capable of having those kind of games where you can compile this type of yardage over a whole season. I like that one better. I don't like the Beckham because I don't see the Giants throwing quite as much, potentially, and Eli Manning's his quarterback. It's kind of the quarterback winning this award, too. So I'm going to – Eli rather, was his quarterback I, last I'd year. I'd rather go with Calvin John. Yeah, he was. But they're going to – year after year, plus they're going to hopefully, in their minds, I think, have more weapons and be able to run the ball a little more. Calvin Johnson's great. He's the best receiver in the NFL. But he also has Golden Tate taking 100 catches away from him. Well, is it crazy to wonder if Shane yeah. Vereen could pull some yardage away from Beckham each week? I don't think so. I don't think that you're dropping back and purposely targeting Shane Vereen. He's more of a dump-off guy. I think, uh, and we talked about this on NFL Now, Wes. I, I, I agree that Beckham's a superstar. 1,500 yards is kind of where I had him. I'm looking at the end of his season, uh, 11 for 130 against Washington, against Tennessee, 12 for 143 and 3 against Washington, 8 for 148 and 2 against St. Louis, 12 and 185 and 1 against Philly. So uh, I guess not a lot of great defenses there, but if he's being double teamed, he's being double teamed, and that's pretty impressive. I mean, St. Louis not only double teamed him, they tried to take him out of the game physically. Oh, I remember that. With cheap shots because their coach told them to do that. How about Demarius Thomas, maybe? Well, it, I think all the, well, all the all Peyton depends on Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning. Wow. Uh, all right, let's but see. But I do love the Julio Jones one. It's possible. Mar- Marvin Harrison had 143 catches in 2002. Wes says Antonio Brown uh, stands the best chance. I, I like that. He had 129 catches last year, and if he just adds one more per game, as Wes points out in his article, that would get it done. I don't know if anybody could point out a better option than Antonio Brown for that record. Julian Edelman. Julio Jones again from Julio Jones. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Demarius Thomas not terrible with with the other Thomas gone now. Although Kevin Patra told me this morning, there's zero percent chance that this actually happens. Zero. He said zero percent chance that Marvin Harrison's record falls. Well, it's pretty low. Of all of these ones, I think that's a t- that's one of the tougher ones to get to. One forty three. Antonio Brown to put up 129 is incredible, and it's hard to imagine he'd repeat that. Never been a better time for what this if, to happen, though. What if Le'Veon Bell gets injured? Okay. I mean, there are uh, most of these records fall because something like that happens. 
here's one I like. I like Randy Moss, 23 receiving touchdowns in 2007, of course. That is the 16-0 and regular season by the Patriots. <clears throat> Ended 18-1, and Greg. little fun fact. Uh, Mark, <laughs> uh, West ro- throws out Des Bryant. And uh, before I throw it to you, I will say that I think Bryant – as somebody that I draft Des Bryant every year in fantasy because he's my favorite player to watch, and nobody has a better nose for the end zone than Des Bryant with the football as a wide receiver. That's why they their season ended, because he was stretching to try to turn uh, that final fourth down play into a touchdown, and the ref stole it from him, you know, whatever. But uh, Wes thinks Des Bryant can get 23 touchdowns, but Des has a weird thing where he can disappear for stretches, which has always been odd to me, and then he'll just kill a team for a quarter. So his lack of consistency in an in-game basis, I think, would stop him from getting that high. Your thoughts, Mark? Sure. I mean, you got Cole Beasley in Dallas, too, so sorry, Wes. He's going <laughs> to do a lot of damage. Oh, no. Colo. I love him. He's the blonde-maned, beautiful receiver that's one of my favorite players <laughs> in the league. But I again, I go Demarius Thomas because again, you lose. Julius Thomas had how many touchdowns last year? Twelve. So yeah, yeah. again, I just think that he's going to be the centerpiece of an offense that's going to lean on him. They don't have. I don't. I. I Am I? I'm just throwing it out there. Am I the only one that thinks that the Broncos are going to really come down to earth offensively this year? I really uh, think Peyton Manning is going to look old this year. I may I mean, write something tomorrow stretch. that will tell you I agree <laughs> with you. I didn't go with Demar- Demarius Thomas because he's not a great. Uh, jump ball guy. He doesn't win battles on jump balls nearly as much as other guys built like him, like like Dez and Julio Jones. Yeah, I immediately think of all the teams that will score the most amount of touchdowns, but there's not a lot of logical candidates there. Dallas and Dez Bryant, they had one of the top five offenses. I think he's the most logical. Because Green Bay, they'll spread it around. Patriots spread it around. Gronk really, except for 2011, hasn't really had a huge touchdown number. Greg raises a fist. <laughs> We're like, yes, you're right. You're our supervisor. And finally, uh, Wes saves this one for last, which this was one of my favorites, if not my favorite, the rushing, all-time rushing title holder, which is one that's been standing now for over 30 years. Eric Dickerson uh, ran for 2105 and 84. Adrian Peterson, of course, came within eight yards of tying that record a couple of years back. And uh, Chris Wesley still thinks Adrian Peterson whether he's on the Vikings or wherever, has the best chance of any running back in football of beating Dickerson. Wes. Why not? I love all those people who think that because he's going to turn 30 and he took a year off that it's actually going to hurt him. I mean, the same people have to have been doubting him a lot more coming off of a, a shredded knee a couple of years ago. I think he's he's obviously the most likely of any running back to do it. Plus he's the angriest runner the NFL has seen since maybe Earl Campbell. And so how angry is he going to be now after Steve what, Smith angry? What's happened over the last year and just fresh legs? I could see it. I could see one of my one of my initial thoughts when I saw this was he I would say he has an even better chance to break the touchdown record. I feel like that one's a little more really? attainable. Interesting. You could break the touchdown 31 record. touchdowns? Let's do it. 20 well, it's 28 I think rushing. Oh, uh, has he ever had more than 15? <laughs> how about single season carries 416 the vikings clearly uh in their own way try to just use up as much adrian peterson as they can before saying so long to him well it's one of with the way that the free agency shifted some of the bigger name backs around too it's one of the few chances where if adrian peterson's on the field no one's taking carries away from this guy he's going to have the chance i mean had cj spiller not gone to the saints i would have liked mark ingram as a sneaky 
potential guy if he if he fulfilled his potential because they're going to run the ball so much. But eh, that's the Saints. They throw no matter what. So um, let me throw one thing out there because we <laughs> Mark talks himself out of this uh, point. You know what? Mid- I can't say Wes won this argument on this Adrian Peterson angle. I, we're not arguing. Not we're, argument. we're a team. Let's um, let me throw one thing out there about Peterson because we. We talked about how the, the Eagles are right to, to make a move and get rid of LaShawn McCoy because he was coming off a season that wasn't as good as the season before and he was at an age around 28 where maybe it's the right time to get out. If you look at the difference between Peterson's 2012 season where he had 2,100 yards and 2013 where he had uh, 1,260 yards, his yards per carry dropped a yard and a half, averaged 40 less yards per game. His numbers dropped off across the board, and they weren't close to what he did in 2012. Same age as McCoy at the time. Mm. Then he sits out football for a year, and I was going to come back, and we're going to assume that he's going to be the same guy he always was when he's 30 years old and yes, a running back. we are. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, you point to every other player ever, you know, it's probably not a good chance for him to have his best he's season not, ever now. He's not every other player ever. He's he's entirely different than any running back we've seen in our lifetime. And the, and the difference in that 2013 stat line is that, A, that, that Vikings offense really held him back. And when you just watched him week to week, I still think he was the best running back in the league or one of the top two that year. So the numbers didn't blow is you away. Is he in an offense, if he's in Minnesota this year, that's going to allow him to have a better. Yeah. Norv, Norv and I wouldn't Teddy like it if he goes to the Cardinals. It's better, and but I, I think when when you watched him that year, he was even a lot better than those numbers indicated. Whereas McCoy, not so much. So there, we've got an answer for you. All right, that's, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun answer. I I would love to see him come back with a a ton of heat. I think it's a, it would be fun to see him chase that record again. But we'll see where it ends up. Do you have any records? Do you think will be broken? <sighs> Punter average. I'm really liking oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that gentleman uh, out of Tennessee who just got the big contract, Brett Kern. No, listen, that's solid. And he's put some real hang time on the ball. Old Kearney. Uh, no, I don't really have one, actually. I was I was starting to dip into the passer rating thing. I like passer rating more than other people. I think it's cool. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, said it two years ago or three years ago, his first MVP season. 2011. Yeah, I think that maybe he could break his own record, but. I agree, I but I didn't want to promote passer rating as a statistic. Yeah, I know it's not. People don't like passer rating. Drew Brees could break the completion percentage for like the fourth time in his career. I think he. I think he owns either the top two or three completion percentages. Anticlimactic. Ever. Not very fun. How Mark, about this one? Blake Bortles sets the all-time uh, sacked in a season record. Was in the top ten, I think, all time last year with the Jags. Top twenty. Wow. And it's possible they haven't year. done much to fix the line. That is not a good. <laughs> uh, let me guess. You're not picking the Jaguars to be any good this year. Well, I think they'll throw a lot and he'll get sacked a lot. Could happen. I've got one for you though. Here's another right. one. This David Carr still have that record? Yeah, by f- yeah, seventy-six. At, for a little Sorry, while last faster. year, Tannehill was on pace for it, and he I think he ended up with more than Bortles. Kaepernick was up there. Bortles was up there. Now, this is a, a random stat, but game-winning drives in a season. Would you guys try to guess who holds this record, by the way? Go around the table. little win, Wes's toaster. Who holds the record for game-winning drives? Yeah, right now. There's, Eli Manning. You got it. You tied it. I can't. I was also going to say Eli Manning, <laughs> just for the record. It's actually a tie. With How do you like that, Wes? I'll take the Vegemite winning. Fire. That <laughs> it's <West> ridiculous. <laughs> Good yeah. job by Wes. Jake DeLome holds it with him somehow. Oh, it was early in his career. I remember that. Yeah, the 2003. Very good Panthers team. Jake Plummer, uh, one of the men tied with Wait, seven. Wait, wasn't Don Pastroni 
pretty high on that list. He's looking over Pastorini. At, he's looking at the list. Russell Wilson breaks it this just year. Joking. Nine. I mean, we, you know, nine. Russell Wilson. Yeah, he'll do right. it because they're take, just going to win 15 games and I'll maybe take, they'll, be, uh, they'll be behind in a bunch. I'll take luck. What does that even mean, Cumberbund? You have to be losing at a certain point, in the, or is it just fourth Game quarter? Game-winning drives. I think that means a fourth quarter you have a, a touchdown drive to win the game, to take the lead. I didn't, I've never really loved that stat myself. I don't believe it's touchdowns, though. I think if you yeah. lead the team to a field goal, I think that still yeah, counts. I think you're right. Game-winning. Is there any – how about on the flip side, you kind of hit one with sacks. Is there anybody uh, that could set a, a sad record in 2015, uh, you know, for – Stinking, being well, stinky. Trent Richardson, for what, what for would the record be? But he'll never get enough carries to be the lowest yards yeah. per carry average. I don't know if for that's just those. being an you know an absolute. That's your horse in the race. Win. Remember, I need him to get one carry and I win a sandwich. No one, no <laughs> one is going to touch George Blanda's record for interceptions in a season. Forty-two. Blanda. Oh God, Seven, you'd, be, you'd be benched by week. Someone three. asked that um, in response to my article, and I said, "Yeah, I said exactly what Mark said. That quarterback would be yanked." He's seven clear of number two on the list, which was Vinny Testaverde with the Bucks, and even that was back in '88. No, no one on the list is from the How '90s about this? in the top. Vinny 10. was colorblind. He had the Greg Rosenthal affliction. That was the <laughs> well, joke they, back and when they he were going to play him no matter what. Yeah, that was the joke that he was thrown well, to the wrong uniform. Vinny's done a lot of important work raising awareness for other colorblind people. He, he's th- kind of I'll our, throw this out. There. He's kind of the guy we've always looked towards as a member of the community <laughs> that lets everyone know we, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be colorblind. <laughs> Vinny Testaverde. Um, Jameis Winston could throw 35 interceptions for the Bucks. That's not a bad pick. I thought about him for the sacks, too, just because well, it seems like he's going to try to keep every play alive, you know, interceptions, sacks. His college interceptions were crazy. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great one. See, it all comes back around. Now you're glad I brought up Winston before. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we go, the uh, – Big giveaway day over at the NFL uh, media headquarters. I mentioned uh, Dwayne Munn, our social media coordinator, unable to get his Jets helmet off. Uh, You know, we all put in uh, emails uh, for your favorite team or whatever, and then they they give it to you. And it it does bring up an interesting thought. Like, Wes, what team would you ask for? Which helmet would you ask for considering you uh, retired from being a Bengals fan? It's a very difficult decision. I have eliminated whole divisions here. Basically, you have the Bengals on one hand because I could give it to multiple family members or friends as a Christmas gift or something like that. Mm, That's strong. Or, you know, I've got a list of like five teams that I could choose between, but I'm definitely not picking an NFC East or AFC East team (laughs) because I can't stand them. They get way too much media attention. I'm not taking (laughs) any. Get a Titans helmet and be done with it, Wes. I'm not taking any West teams because, you know, football started in the Midwest. I'm definitely taking a Midwestern team. So I've got Packers, Steelers, Bears, Colts, and I can't even think about the Falcons because of my time spent in Georgia. Mm. But probably not the Falcons. It was probably one of those Midwestern teams. The Colts were really, to me, an AFC East team. They were a former Baltimore team. I'm surprised they got in the conversation for you. You love, you love Andrew I love, I love the old Baltimore Colts. I, you know, if you've ever seen the movie Diner, I think it's hard not to love the Maybe old Baltimore Colts. Maybe you get Colts. this Bengals thinking you're going to give it to a family member, and then you think, well, am I really going to bring a gigantic helmet onto a plane to bring back home? And then it just sits around your apartment in a couple years, and then slowly you see that every morning as you wake up. Andy Dalton gets out of the picture, and that relationship I can see heals. the movie already. And a montage <laughs> scenario at some point. You in this helmet. Uh, right. um, for for our younger listeners. Maybe Di- you marry the helmet. 
<laughs> For our younger listeners, Diner was a 1982 coming-of-age comedy drama. Read a book, watch a movie. So uh, that, that was Wes's uh, reference of the day. Uh, and speaking of Wes, you will now leave for Tybee Island, uh, where you will have a fun time, and we will check in with you. So enjoy your time off, Wes. I will. Thank you. And we will be back on Friday with one more show this week. What we're going to talk about, I don't know, something. Probably football-related, mostly. Uh, and so that's what's going to happen. Stan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, Tay Day, Will behind the glass. Till Thursday, till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. Undercovertourist.com. Come.